Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. And we will continue to here in 2022. All right. (laughs) Our quote of the day, we have become addicted to the noise of everything falling apart. Right? Mark Nepo. I know. What up, Hill Squad? Welcome back. Glad to be back with you. Today, we're going to be chatting with Mark Nepo about leaning into love versus fear. He's going to teach us how we can foster our soul's growth and live a more purposeful, connected, and meaningful life in this new year. Uh, Very, very excited to chat with him. I mean, he is so inspiring and, and just incredible. Um, it's been a minute since we spoke with Mark. I think I, yeah. I chatted with him at the beginning of the pandemic, maybe. It might've been, I know I wasn't here. I remember listening to it and loving it, but yeah. I know it was before me. So yeah, I'm excited. That before he's me, on. BM, before, before me. me, exactly. <laughs> DM. Before Kelsey, BK. BK. Well, uh, I'm actually really excited to get his take on uh, love over fear in instances that we really can't imagine, right? Um, you know, the reason you're afraid is because there's imminent danger, technically, right? There's the fear that we create in our minds, I think. Um, and and it's hard because 99% of what you're f- afraid of usually doesn't actually come to fruition or worried about, let's say. Um, but... Uh, but fear is there. It's an indicator of something. And um, specifically, I know you actually brought up a really great point because we were talking about all the crime in LA and, and the, you know, the fear that we're all living with. And you're like, I'm so curious to hear how we put love over fear when everyone's like getting robbed and held at gunpoint. And, you know, a mom is just walking down a really, really, you know, populated, you know, very nice area street with her baby and her baby carriage. And was it at gunpoint? Did they did they come to her with a gun? I don't remember. I don't know. Do you know Pooch? 
I don't know. I just know mugged was the verbiage that I heard. Yeah. And I was like. They wanted mm. her her purse, I think. Yeah. And they asked for the diaper bag. Like, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Really, really gotten crazy. And, you know, I don't know. Something's got to give. We've we've got to make some changes. And, and uh, it's really scary right now. It is. Um, but. Maybe Mark can help us through this. Yes, right? please, Mark. That's what we do here. <laughs> we are hopeful that we can get some answers that can uh, that can make us feel better. Um, I know, for one, looking at Max's massive body and teeth makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah. Right? And every time he wants to eat everybody outside of the windows of our home, <laughs> makes you feel me better. happy. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's Pooja he's barking at yeah, <laughs> and yeah. wanting to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, nothing personal, Pete. Nothing personal. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, this will be really helpful. So, and by the way, this is happening all over right. the world. It's right. a very um, challenging time, and I think it's going to get more and more challenging now that you know um, that things are changing as well. You yeah. know the the pandemic. You know they're not going to be paying people. You know, they're not going to be getting those checks, let's say, for not uh, being able to work and and all of that. And there's going to be a loss people are going to have to deal with there. Yeah. It's always just interesting, too, when I hear, you know, people like Mark. I'm just like, how? How, Mark? How am I supposed to be leaning into love if I'm scared, you know, to go on a walk at night, you know? And so I think it's like give me some tools that I can do that maybe it's maybe it's not a hundred percent I'm leaning into love I'm still going to be afraid yeah. but it's going to ease that fear you do, know so, or, so girls are we are we done with the walking alone <laughs> at this moment yeah 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 okay. I'm like a big night walker which is such a bummer because it's my favorite time and especially now I get home and it's dark because it gets dark at five I know like it's crazy so yeah and no more doing that. And here's the thing: you want to think you're safe, but right. Larchmont, uh, well, this this area we're talking about, is yeah. a well-to-do area. Yeah. Not like Beverly Hills well-to-do. It's like that, just that comfortable well-to-do right. where just things like that don't happen. Don't happen. And now they're happening. So I'd love to say, you know what? We were driving past West Hollywood the other day, and it was like it was a Monday night, and it was bumping. Like West Hollywood's so fun, right? And you'd love to think you're safe, but are you? Right. Right. So. I know. And I always like, I think I just assume I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm just walking to Trader Joe's, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I can't think that way. No. I know. No. Yeah. I, I, I put a force field around all of our properties to protect us every day. I pray and I pray for all of you individually. I'm like, please keep them safe. Please keep them healthy. So you guys are on the list. And I think like, thank you. At thank the you. end of the day, I've got some pull upstairs. So hopefully, so you know, um, we'll be okay. But in the meantime, to calm our nerves and, uh, and our bodies, let's talk to Mark Nepo. He has moved and inspired millions of readers and seekers all over the world with his best-selling books. Beloved as a poet, teacher, and storyteller, Mark has been called one of the finest spiritual guides of our time, a consummate storyteller and eloquent spiritual teacher. In 2015, he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award by Age Nation. In 2016, he was named by Watkins Mind, Body, Spirit as one of 
100 most spiritually influential living people and was also chosen as one of OWN's Super Soul 100, a group of inspired leaders using their gifts and voices to elevate humanity. Mark, so happy to be back with you. How are you doing? Oh, it's great to be with you. See you again. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. We, um, we're really excited for you to help us through these challenging times that I feel like just, you know, we kind of one up the challenging times every time, you know, like I think last time we spoke might've been at the beginning of the pandemic. I can't remember exactly. And that was a crazy time. And, and now we're, we're in a whole other phase. Um, in particular, we were chatting this morning, Kelsey and I, about the crime that we're facing right now, especially in Los Angeles. It's gotten really out of control. It's really scary. A friend of mine's mom was, uh, murdered in, in a, what we think a burglary just recently, Mm. you know, a woman's walking down the street with her baby carriage, a really nice area. And she gets, you know, ma, um, what are they called it? Mugged. Mugged. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just kind of a nonstop thing. So when you talk about love over fear, how do we use that in these kind of extreme scenarios? Yeah. So first, let me say I'm sorry to hear hear all that. Um, and and secondly, you know, I can speak to these things. Of course, I have no answers. But I know that I feel deeply in our time um, that we have to stay present and invisible. We can't vanish. Because vanishing and hiding only empowers fear and fear is what makes people think they don't have enough, be desperate and do all these terrible things in the first place. And somehow um, it doesn't minimize that, my God, the difficulties that people face. But, you know, I think back, you know, I'm of the Jewish tradition. I'm a student of all paths, but I had family that died in the Holocaust. And when I think, and, and I've thought about that a lot, in this pandemic time with all the stridency and the right wing and so so many different polarized views. And it's it's amazing that so many people died back then who were hiding. I'm not blaming them mm. for hiding, but it's something something in my soul says we have to stay visible. We have to stay loving. We can't meet uh fire with fire we have to meet fire with light and warmth you know i and i and this is our challenge today but every generation has its challenge and the question is it's our turn how are we all of us going to show up and you know in one of my books that um i i explored so many of the different communities throughout time and I was surprised to, to learn that, you know, back in the what we call the Dark Ages in Europe, the 12 to 14, 1500, only 10% of the European population was literate, could read and write. And they kept literacy alive for 300 years. And so whatever dark time or fold of time that we are in when we're awake because we could fall asleep tomorrow when we're awake it's incumbent on us 
to keep the literacy of the heart alive and not have it vanish and stay visible and, and be the one gesture of goodness that keeps the world going. It doesn't make the crime any less tolerable. It doesn't make the pain, the difficulty. But we, we, we have to be here together. We can't go into hiding. Yeah, and that's the instinct, right? I was back east for Thanksgiving, and I was telling my husband, I don't want to go back to L.A. I feel safe here. I can sleep yeah. well. In L.A., I'm on guard. I'm scared. I hear noise. I, you know, I'm, I'm scared. And I did. I wanted to vanish. <laughs> I wanted to hide. Um, and then when you're not hiding, the instinct is, well, how are we going to protect ourselves against these people? Yeah. And, and then, you know, of course, everyone has varying you know, degrees. We got to get guns. We got to get this. And I'm like, no, we don't even know how to use guns. Yeah. What are we doing? We're going to hurt ourselves somehow in preparation to protect ourselves from someone else. This, none of this really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's how it escalates always throughout history, you know, and, and I think it's a quiet courage that's required for all of us to acknowledge the reality. I mean, because we all have to survive and thrive. If all we do is survive, what's the point? And so, yes, we can't pretend that none of that's hap not happening out there and that it doesn't agitate us and make us afraid. But our fear isn't the only thing in us. And I know this, I know you know from your journey, but I know this so well from my cancer journey. And anytime that I'm afraid, it's real. And how do I, the practice for me is whatever's causing that fear, how do I feel it thoroughly to the bottom so I get to the bottom of it because where I'm standing under it is not afraid. Wait, say that again. <laughs> I know there was something profound in there and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> if I'm standing over it. On it. If I'm standing here where, where I'm standing right now. In me, I'm, I can be afraid. But the ground under me is not afraid. The earth under that is not afraid. Light, so how do we stop? It's very normal for us to, if I'm afraid, I want to make every, I, I make a worldview that the world's a fearful place. If I'm broken, I want to say, oh, the world's a broken place. If I've been betrayed, I say, you know what? You can't trust anything in life. And that, how do we not extrapolate our experience to be everything? Because it's not. Yes, I'm feeling fear. But that's not all there is in life, even at this moment of fear. So how do I let all of that in? That's the quiet courage is to honor what's true in, uh, in me so I can let everything beyond that come to make me heal and whole and well. You know, when I was, you know, uh, in my cancer journey many years ago, um, I was so afraid, so terrified. And I could also feel at the same time, life was happening around me. People were falling in love. Babies were being born. 
kindnesses were being given from to strangers. So it doesn't doesn't make what I'm going through insignificant, but it doesn't make what I'm going through everything. Mm. It's all true. And the restorative of life is the wholeness. Let all of those kindnesses mix with my fear and right size it. That just gave me the chills. Because I think that's the only way, right? Is, is you're right. It's, you know, it's a, it's a pool of things where we're a whole bucket My of dog's feelings. Barking. Let me let her out here. Of course. Don't worry. My wife, she's got to get to her. I hear my wife somewhere in the house. <laughs> my dog Sorry. doesn't like to be locked in anywhere. He needs to flow. Uh, so I get it. But yeah, we're, we're all of those things. And I'm really grateful that you brought up the cancer journey because I think so many of us when we're going through an extreme hardship, it's so easy to get sad that you aren't necessarily the center of, of the universe in that moment, right? <laughs> there have been so many times where, where I, I, I've said to different people, I said, you know, someone you love dies and then everything just keeps on going. Can you even believe that? That's just crazy to me. Like my mom died. Like the world should stop. And, and I know that's not technically how it's supposed to go, but it does, it does give you, um, a little help in understanding that it's not um, it's not a negative thing. It's that you need to fill yourself up with all these other things. I like yeah, that. You know, I, I remember during that time there was there was a, a fellow a journeyer in cancer, an amazing woman whom we became very close friends. And when she finally died, and she lived like you know nine lives, um, and I had seen her the day before. And the next day was that she died. I got a call that she had passed and it was a beautiful day and I didn't want it to be beautiful, you know, and, but the light was mercilessly beautiful. The light kept coming in on my face as if to say, feel what you must, but I am not going anywhere. I will be here when you're done. And I've always remembered that, that it's not being mean or indifferent. It's being life. It's life being life. Mm. And we're all, you know, one of the things in, in, and I think, you know, your, the name of your, your podcast here, Better Together is so important right now. We are better together. We are more together than alone. We are whole when we reach out to each other. And and we never know which gesture is the one that will make us more together than alone. And that's that's why we have to have the faith to just do it. You know, I could see someone, a woman, uh, drop her groceries in the parking lot and my going over and helping her. I'll never know if that's the one gesture that gets us to tomorrow. And that's kind of beautiful. We all need to keep doing those things. I, I think one of the things that was so um, hit me, and I don't know if hit you when the pandemic was beginning, given your your journey and experience, but for me, I it really brought up a lot of 
emotional stuff from my cancer journey. And I, I pinned it to two things. One was, I remember going and getting diagnosed and I walked in there and this doctor told me I had cancer and I was afraid and thrown upside down and thinking, oh, you must have the wrong folder. That can't be me. Um, but when I left, the door I had come through to keep that appointment was gone. There was no way back to life before that appointment. And I think what the pandemic, why that came back to me, I think the pandemic has done this to humanity. Mm -hmm. The old world's gone. Mm -hmm. There is no going back. And unless we're better together, unless we're more together than alone, we're not going to discover how to go forward. Agreed. I said the same thing. When I look at photos in 2016, and I look back at the Moffin, there was this one day I was on the set hosting E! News, and I was wearing these, you know, pink, pink top and these like kind of red bottoms and I was laughing and I was having so much fun with my, my cast. And that next day was when my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer. And then a few months later I got my brain tumor and I look back at that day and it's just like you said, that door that closed that life before is completely different than it is now. And I said the same thing. Cause I used to think, how can I, share the the epiphanies and the the new kind of life lessons that I had um, learned through this experience with people without having them have to get a brain tumor. <laughs> and the 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 pandemic, COVID, was the collective brain tumor for everyone. Yes. That's when everyone got to see how precious life is, how precious your family is, how precious your time together is, how precious your health is, all of that, the whole world. I mean, it's mind-blowing to me still that the whole world stopped and that door closed, like you said, and it's a whole new world now. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. It's a whole new world now. And, 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 and one of the things, you know, in the Jewish tradition, the word Sabbath means the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And the pandemic has forced us into a global Sabbath. We can't keep running and even dreaming and scheming and manipulating and turning things in. 
we're forced to realize, just like you said, everything as it is, is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Everything as it is, is precious. And, and as I reflected on, on all of this, that the old world is gone and how precious, you know, it reminded me of, I don't know if you've heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She was, yeah. So she was the modern mother of, of the hospice movement, which is, hospice has been around forever, but she was the modern mother of that. And her stages of grief, which are um, uh, fear, denial, anger, depression, and acceptance. And they don't, they're like a con, like you bounce around them. They, they don't happen in order. But look at our society in the last year and a half. We have whole parts of our society that are in denial that the old world is gone. Mm-hmm. And they're angry. Or they're angry, denial. They no, this, you know, people are, are dying in hospitals and, and they're saying, this is a hoax. This didn't happen. And we have a whole part of our society that is in anger that the old world is gone. And these are all the people who don't want to get masked. And what are we protesting against? Biology? Uh, you know, sorry. It's just, it is what it is. And, and, and so, and it's not to blame people, but of course that denial and that anger leads to the fear, which leads to the pushing away, which leads to the crime, which leads to everything as if, you know, we can change it. The only way to change it is to come together. Mm -hmm. And that's not changing it. That's moving forward. And I say this humbly because, you know, one of the paradoxes that I feel every day is that we are they. There is no they. And, you know, I look at the news and if I had hair, I'd pull it out, you know, <laughs> and then my spirit says, yeah, but we are they. And I say, no, I'm not that. And you said, we are they be with it, be with mm-hmm. it. And so, again, it doesn't doesn't mean that we ignore the threats and the difficulties, but we can't respond the same way or we become that which we fear. So how do you, you know, when everybody always says, you know, you got to choose love, you got to choose love. There are times when people have to be punished or like when there are murderers, like how do you choose love with a murderer? Well, I think, you know, love, love is, um, you know, we recently, you've probably heard it on the news in Michigan, the horrible mass shooting in that school and the parents ran and, you know, and that prosecutor charged those parents. And I think that's a form of love. Wait, I didn't hear this story. We didn't hear this story. No, I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole. To be honest, I don't watch the news very much. I keep a few headlines on Twitter because I want to be aware of what's going on in the world, but I'm so upset about all the school shootings and how unsafe it is. So the parents ran and they were prosecuted. The, 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 not to go down the whole journey on that to get us off track, but just to make this point, yes, we had a 15 year old who was given a, a, 
an automatic handgun as a Christmas, early Christmas present by his parent, uh-huh. went into school, was summoned by the school because he was showing uh, erratic behavior. The parents didn't want to hear it. They insisted he stay in school and he shot and killed people. He was arrested, of course, and the parents uh, were charged with involuntary manslaughter because they had, they didn't stop him. They didn't, they gave him the gun. They, you know, they brought him to, to the, they didn't pull the trigger. So once they were charged, they became fugitives. They ran and they were caught and now they're in jail. So what I was saying is that love involves, love is inextricable from truth and authenticity. And so that prosecutor in Detroit, who is a woman and a mother as well, said, I, I must hold these parents accountable. That is an act of love. Love isn't always passivity. Mm. You know, love isn't, isn't all, you know, I feel like, you know, the groups that I'm starting to go back out in, in the world and um, uh, teach in person again. Oh, my God, it's so wonderful. <laughs> like, oh, it's so wonderful to be with people again. Yeah. Um, you know, and but I, I think very much in, in with all of what's going on. And I've said to myself, I made a vow to myself, I will allow anyone into the circle except those intent on destroying the circle. I don't know how, and that to me is a vow of love. I don't know how else to protect the people who come into circle with me. Mm. So I think we're all figuring it out as we go, but I think love can be fierce and gentle, you know? So... In that situation, for example, I'm assuming, and I hate assuming, that it's if you're vaccinated or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we, when we look at this, you know, love thy neighbor, love thy, you know, love thy everyone. The people who are making other choices, should, should we be loving them equally for their choice? Well, for me, and I can only speak for me, I, I can love people, but the choices they make set limits on how I can love them. Okay. You know, you love a dove differently than you love a bear. I can, a dove can eat out of my hand. If I try to have a bear eat out of my hand, it's, you know, I have to have more distance from a bear, mm-hmm. but I can still love it. I can still feed it. I can still care. All right. So, you know, people who are choosing for whatever reason not to be vaccinated are putting other people at risk. So the only way that I can love them is from a distance. More distance than if you and I were together and we're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And you're not coming from fear. I'm coming from fact that they're more contagious. Got it. The fear is that if I ignore that, I will get sick. Yeah. And not only that, it can be passed to other 
people. So where we can protect each other, I mean, I know that this has been so politicized in the last two years. In, but, you know, I'm old enough that, you know, when I was a kid, I waited online out of my junior high school to get a polio vaccine. And was it was a miracle of modern medicine. We were thankful to do it. It makes no sense to me that that vaccine has any connotation to it other than this is better than doing nothing. <laughs> because if you do nothing, we can see terrible suffering will happen. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable that a vaccine is even possible. Yeah. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way T H E O U A I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T H E O U A I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yeah. I, uh, 1300s, the bubonic plague wiped out Europe and nobody could do anything. Yeah. It, it's such a challenging thing because, you know, um, I, I understand why people are afraid and why they choose not to. Um, for example, I'm having a, a party and I asked everyone that, to present their vaccination cards and a negative COVID test so that I could protect everybody there. I have top doctors in, in the world, the top doctors in the world coming. I'm like, we can't get these guys sick. Like we gotta, we gotta be careful. But I know at the same time, I feel a little bad because I know that my choice is different than other people's choices. We're all given choices. And it's such a hard thing because at the same time I think about it, I'm like, well, any one of these people could have it right? You're only negative for 
a second, that second that you're testing, then you interact with somebody, you touch something and all of a sudden you might have it. So really, are we, you know, assuming that we're safer, right? Like if we're vaccinated, we should be protected from the unvaccinated person technically just as much as the vaccinated person. This is like, it's so hard. Well, it's very difficult and everyone is figuring it out as we go. I don't think, but so it's, it's very ambiguous. But I know for me, I feel like with the best information we have, vaccinated is much better than unvaccinated. And it's not, you know, I can respect people's choices, but then there's consequences for those choices Mm -hmm. because the choices are not self-contained. That is, if you and I are, you know, we decide you want to go bungee jumping off the mountain and that's your choice. It's not going to affect me. I'm not going to I'm not tied to the rope. But if but we're all tied together in humanity, like it or not, especially at the biological level. And if you choose not to be vaccinated for whatever reason, now I not realize there are some people because of medical reasons that the vaccine might compromise them. That's something different entirely. That That's totally, that's a hard spot to be in. I, that's very difficult. And I yeah. understand that. But if, if, if I'm choosing not to be vaccinated because I either, you know, for whatever reason, whatever reason that's not medical, that's not biological, um, I'm not just affecting me. Yeah. I'm affecting others and everyone I come in contact with. And so it re- what it really pushes at the heart, and which is at the heart of all the traditions, is that, you know, where is, where is the fulcrum between self-interest and compassion? Mm. Where is the, 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 the fulcrum between where, because, you know, more together than alone and better together, we tend to believe that, and I do, that at the heart of it, self-interest and common interest are the same. True self-interest. If I'm selfish, then that's at the expense of others. Mm-hmm. But the things that matter if I take good care of my soul and my life, it can only benefit your soul and life. And if I take good care of your soul and life, it can only benefit my soul and life. They're not at odds. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it's interesting throughout history. Fear has made people think that self-interest will save them. When great love and suffering affirm, uh, we can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. can do it alone. Very true. What What are some daily practices? You know, I think it, this is kind of another one of those things. That it's like a muscle we need to build. What are some daily practices that we can start implementing to train ourselves to lead with love and not fear? Well, I think one thing is that that fear is a natural thing. We as human beings tend to inflate it. That's just because we're human. Mm-hmm. But 
And what all the spiritual practices and our own self-awareness and love does is say, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, you made it big. Now bring it back more accurately to what it is. And so we can practice that. So when I feel afraid, a rush of adrenaline and I'm afraid and I start to close up, I need to practice opening up when I close. After, right when I'm uh, when I'm tight, I need to soften. When you know when I'm feel like I'm distrusting, I need to take a small risk. And we can practice those things every day because we during our day, you know, I can uh, go out the front door, miss the first step, and I get that rush of adrenaline. Whoa, I'm going to fall down. Well, there I've tightened up. Fear. Now I can stop and breathe and open back up, practice, because what matters is opening when we're closed. Mm -hmm. What matters is looking when we're afraid. And we all face that and we can we all can practice that. So, you know, when I get overwhelmed. I practice. I'm here in my study. I look out my window and I focus, I give all my attention to the nearest thing I can see, which is usually this tree out here. I invite people to practice giving all your attention and heart to the nearest detail you can see until it becomes your teacher. Till it starts talking to you. Because life will talk to us. Life will break our self reference. Explain how. Well, in the same way that I was mentioning before about, about fear, that letting light in when I'm sad, letting, letting light in when I am afraid, because it mixes with who I am, everything I'm not. So how do we stay open? This is why if I'm enclosed in my own fear, in my own thoughts, if I can pick up the phone and talk to you as a friend, it helps. Mm -hmm. That's why it helps, because I've broken the seal. I've broken the cocoon of my own fear and my own thoughts. And now I, I hear myself talking to you and I hear you talking to me. And they mix like two cups of water. And now it's not just my water. And now I go, okay, yeah, this is real, but I made it much bigger than it is. Phew, okay. This is why we feel better for the moment when we do talk to loved ones. That won't take away my fear or pain. That's, I've got to live through that myself. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. But it's also filling up that bin, like we said, with other things. Yeah. So fear isn't the only thing in there and fear isn't the highlight. Yeah. So, you know, one of, I have a a dear friend and mentor, Parker Palmer, amazing visionary educator. And, um, and he's often said, you know, how can I be so authentic that my fear, I don't drown in my fear, but it lives in me. Ooh, I love that. And we all know, right. We can feel the difference. And we all, you know, fear says, hello, we drown in it. You mm-hmm. know, Ugh. Oh, yeah. But then. I've been drowning then, for years. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sends me a life preserver every so often, but uh, otherwise but I'm that, doggy paddling in there. Each of us, what is our practice then? And that's what all the breathing and the meditating tradition, meditative traditions are about is, yeah, how do we enlarge our sense of things? So that now the fear lives in us rather than we in it. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. You know, our quote we started the show with today uh, was one of your quotes. We have become addicted to the noise of everything falling apart. Talk to me about the addiction. <laughs> well, you know, so, so in life, um, it, it's kind of like spiritual physics. When things Things are always coming together and always breaking apart Uh, at the same time, always. But things, when things fall apart or break apart, they make a lot of noise. Just think of when you drop a, a dish in the kitchen. But when things come together or are repaired, they're quiet. This is just spiritual physics. So just think of when you glue that plate back together. It's a very quiet, slow thing. They're all happening at the same time. And we in the modern world have become addicted to the noise of things falling and breaking apart. And that makes it out of balance because Mm -hmm. that is in the foreground. So, you know, when I was young and we only had three TV stations... (laughs) Then the the weather report was called the weather report. Now it's called storm watch. Yep. <laughs> well, right. Storms only one form of weather, mm-hmm. but that's in the foreground. And and the same thing, of course, as you know, with the twenty four seven news, mm-hmm. it focuses on the noise of things breaking and falling and coming apart. And so we don't need to like not look at that, but we need to balance and right size it with witnessing things coming together. Mm -hmm. They're happening. It's happening. So we don't need a good news station. We need a whole news station that doesn't leave out what's coming together and repairing and, you know, like it, it makes a lot of noise to break a bone and pain. And, 
But when that bone starts healing, which is one of the, when you just think about it, a bone breaks and immediately the two ends of that bone, they start growing toward each other. They don't make any noise. They don't announce anything. Nobody sees it, hears it. That's amazing. So we have to let that into the picture every day. And if the news won't do it, then we have to do it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that was one of the things that I loved learning. Uh, Tony Robbins, he said, you can let the world feed you or you can feed you. You know, feed your mind, feed your soul, feed your spirit. And that's, I think, when I started every day kind of listening to something on YouTube that was positive, that was going to push me forward, that was going to help me, that was going to heal me. Um, I think that was when the awareness of we have these choices and, um, and if we choose to be addicted to the noise of everything falling apart, we're going to feel that every day. Focus equals feeling. Whatever we're focusing on, we're going to feel and I think that's when I abandoned the news because that one last segment in the news where it was like that feel good, you know, the little kid who got straight A's and shared his winnings with everybody. I, it's not enough after you've just seen death and destruction for an hour, you know, great, great thing to end on. Of course, thank you for trying, but it's just not enough for me. Well, and an another thing about which is just kind of a function of modern media and is, you know, it's wonderful that things are repeated so that many people can become aware of them. But I don't need to see each one a hundred times. Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, of course, all those years ago when the towers came down, my wife and I, my wife Susan and I were, we were just uh, traveling in Montreal and we were on our way home. We literally were packing our suitcases when we saw live. Oh, it was awful. And of course, as you know, I mean, and then, then we saw it a hundred times in, yep. in, in 10 hours. And and I've thought about that ever since in, in the fact that the, the value of modern media and instantaneous technology is that everyone around the world can be aware at once and pretty quickly. But I don't need to see the, that plane go into those towers a thousand times. I need to see it once so that it registers in my heart. And so then I need not to keep watching. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's only how it touched our heart. You know, this is amazing when you think of the time difference. I read this um, recently that Back at, when Lincoln was president, the second inaugural, which was handwritten, his speech, hmm. very short speech it was. Then it was copied by hand and disseminated by Pony Express across the country so that it took 10 days from when he spoke it for someone in Sacramento to read it. Wow. And of course, I don't want to give up the instantaneous, the live being, but there's something lost if we don't have the natural slowness of time to help us reflect before we act or speak. Mm. And our society is suffering greatly from this right now. Everything's instantaneous. 
and then it's it's a blip too. That's the other thing. So that's what the, where it's kind of tough because everything is such a blip. And also, um, we're so desensitized that sometimes you need to see things a few more times to even register it even happened because nowadays sure. everything's moving so fast. But that's why I started Better Together because I, <laughs> I can do what I feel is going to be positive and helpful and it's, it's my safe space for me and for everybody. Um, Mark, before we let you go, I have to ask, what are your spiritual practices Obviously, being you know the spiritual yeah, guru, so, it'd be so, great to know, know what you do. I throughout my life, I've you know worked with different practices, but I have to say, at this point in my life, my practice is an integrated one. That is, I try to. I mean, if I'm really upset or something, I will stop and meditate and do this. But but generally, you know, I try to meditate when I'm impatient in the grocery store. You know. I try to be to do the things that matter. I try to give attention to what's near me uh, wherever I am. You know, I try to listen with an open heart. And so um, but I do start each day with with three very simple practices. So I'm a morning person. My wife, Susan's a night person. So the first thing I do when I get up is I open the blinds and let light in. And the second thing I do is take care of something living, which is our dog, Zuzu. 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 Such a great name. (laughs) It's from It's a Wonderful Life. I know, I know. It's my favorite Christmas movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) And and then the third thing is I, I do something for someone I love. I make coffee for Susan so when she's up, the coffee's ready. And and this is the for all of us, the I encourage anyone to to just very simple things. But if I do that, very present to it, that I'm letting light in, I'm caring for something living, I'm doing something for someone I love, it changes the way the whole day unfolds. Mm-hmm. But the difference, you know, if I'm racing, you know, some morning I get up and I already got like, you know, 10 things on my mind. And so now I'm racing through raising the blinds. Well, then it be what was a ritual, which means my heart is, is I'm very present to it. It becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. But the wonderful thing about being human is if I feel I, I have done it where I've been racing through, I go, wait a minute, start over. I didn't I didn't do that with an open heart. It, it was a habit. Let me back up and make it a ritual. Mm. That's what changes how I meet the rest of the day. I love that. That really resonates with me because I've had different spiritual, you know, healers and such on the show. And, and a lot of them have said that if they don't maintain their practice that's when they get off track. So they really rely on that, like, you know, really intense practice in the morning to keep them on, on track. And I feel like I am more with you 
where if I look at my morning, especially when I'm here in this house, once I leave this house and travel, things get a little mucky, right? <laughs> but um, my practice every morning is um, is I, I get up and I start to play with the dogs in bed and I tell them how much I love them and how grateful I am for them and how you know I love each of them in different ways. And I play with them and they make me smile and they make me happy. And then I'll take a shower and I'll see the sun coming into the shower and I'm like, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. And then, um, I'll make my coffee and I sniff my coffee grinds and I'm so grateful that I get to sniff my coffee grinds and that I get to smell that. And then, you know, I'll, I'll go outside and I'll hug the sun and I'll breathe and I'll do some stretching and I'm like, today's going to be a great day. And it feels so good. And I'm, I'm, I just keep all day. I'm saying what I'm grateful for all day, all day, all day. And then at night I end with a grateful practice where I list everything I was grateful for that day. And I think that that has been something that has become a ritual for me that's really helpful. And like I said, when I'm traveling, things get a little mucky because now I don't have my coffee grinds necessarily. Yeah. And, you know, so I try to do a different version wherever I am, but that really helps me. And I, I think I've taken for granted that this is just my version and my version is okay. And I like explaining that for people who are listening because I think a lot of us are told and taught, you've got to meditate for 20 minutes, you've got to do this practice and you got to breathe and meditate, you got to do all these things. And it makes people feel like failures when they in fact might already have a really good ritual that they just need to acknowledge. Absolutely. And I, I would, I would encourage, you know, um, for me, I would encourage whatever small gesture that speaks to someone in their life that helps them because stay, remember how rare it is to be here. Because the practice, it for me, and I know for you, is being authentic and grateful. That's the practice. And 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 so that is all, and it's always course correcting nobody stays there at least not in my experience all the time nobody stays there we're always course correcting mm-hmm. a little to the left a little to the right now you know when i was my father who's gone now but he was he a master woodworker and he loved the scene he, he had built a 30 foot catch that i spent a lot of time on as a boy but when i was a boy he'd put me on the tiller on the steering wheel of the sailboat uh, on the say steer on this course i think he knew i had a lot of focus <laughs> um but i learned that at like eight or nine years old even when you're on course that compass never stands still mm-hmm. when you're on course you always got to go oh wait a little this way oh wait a little that way mm. oh i'm a, i'm a little too uh, insular today oh i gave myself away a little bit today oh I, I, that was a habit. I need to make that a ritual. Oh, and that's why we have to love the process because it never ends. Mm, I love that. You're right. We're always shifting a little, trying to get back on track. (laughs) That's really great. Again, that gives a lot of forgiveness and empathy to ourselves as we're going through our day. Mark, this is 
Beautiful as always. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows that you have a webinar. The Gift of Relationship is Mark's new webinar. It's happening in January. We're going to link it in the description so you can pre-sign up if you'd like. Um, you can sign up now for the webinar if you want at live.marknepo.com. But like I said, we're going to put the link to that in here. And this September, I know you have a new book called Surviving Storms. Um, that's yes. exciting. Yeah, thank you so much. Surviving storms, finding the strength to meet adversity. Mm, we need that. Yeah, well, it's so wonderful to be with you again. I'm glad you're well. Thank it's you. Same to journey together. Thank you, thank you, Mark. We are better together. You can follow Mark on Instagram, by the way, at Mark underscore Nepo. We'll put that in the link to this as well. Mark, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Maria. Another great chat with Mr. Nepo. Wow. 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 I have to tell you, I'm literally taking like feverish notes in here. I am so grateful for the show. This was so incredibly timely for me because I just had a friend, um, a really close friend last night tell me that she wasn't vaxxed. And it's not the problem that she's not vaxxed. It's she had been like lying to me mm. slash other people. And it was like, Girl, what? And oh. so I've been trying to figure out how to respond to that. How are you going to respond? You know, I'm actually, I think I'm just going to say, like, after listening to this, it really helped me. It's like, it is absolutely your choice, but you need to tell people. You need to mm -hmm. make people aware if you're going to be seeing them, if you're going to be like, you know, it's your choice, but it's also on you to tell others yeah. That you're so anyways, I they, it really helped me because I've been like it's kind of been sitting on my chest. Uh well, I'm glad that that helped you. Yeah. And it was, um, it's just so wild how like I don't know, every day I'm like it, this is so timely. I can take one little like uh, I'm just so grateful. That's why this show is amazing. Amazing. Uh and I'm I'm really grateful we got to have that chat because for me, you know, people always talk about love over fear, love over fear. And I'm like, that's great. There's realities. Right. But I think when, you know, he explains just to me that that bucket concept of, okay, it can't all just be fear. And I think, you know, I think that also speaks to everything happening in the world today. We're all just so focused on what's not right. Right. That we forget there are some other things that are good too. Right. <laughs> so right. yeah, while louder. we're working on these things, let's work on these things, but it's not the whole picture. Right. So we have to look at the whole picture in life. And and I'm going to try to not make all of the crime and the security fears be my main thing. Focus, I'm gonna remember yeah. that we are safe as well. And um and and apply it in different ways. And I and I really, really enjoyed the conversation about rituals yes, and me too. And all of that. Cause I'm like, wait, I have a really great ritual. It's pretty much what he's saying. That's yeah. so cool. Well, and I was going to say too, you're such, I love listening to you talk about it. Like you're such an expert as well. Like, I feel like sometimes we have these people on the show and they're like, well, I have three hour morning rituals. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. So I suck if I don't have that, yeah. but no, like I do do my little things in the morning. I sniff, I do the same thing. And mm -hmm. it's like, that works for me. And that's great. So like hearing you, who you are like so successful, like such an expert, like someone that like I look up to hearing you say that. And I know a lot of people are going to feel this way. That makes us feel better. Thanks, you know? Queen. So it's like, I thought that that was such a cool, like just authentic, truthful conversation. And I really appreciate that. Thanks, Queen. You're welcome. All right, Hill Squad. Uh, another great chat. 
down. Uh, if you haven't hit subscribe on YouTube, hit that button now and never miss a show. If you're new, we go on the journey. We have a lot of fun as we're doing it, but we also are on a journey to get better and to grow and to heal and to be together um, because we are better together. And uh, if you could help us by sharing the show with a friend, share an episode that moved you, that helped you, that you love, that would be wonderful. Uh, also, just an invitation to all of you to join us on Patreon. We'll link that in the yes. summary of this as well. If you join us at the $10 tier, you get ad-free shows, an extra show a week, and you get the monthly heal events that are really incredible, really intimate, amazing experiences with our incredible guests. Um, and there are, you know, very wide variety of events. So, uh, I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. And a lot of these guests we have access to don't even work with people individually anymore. And so it's a real treat to be able to, um, get them in there. So join us. And you get to be on with Maria. So <laughs> and that's, yeah, you get, you get a twofer, a guest and Maria. It's a twofer. Mm-hmm. I love a good twofer. Me too. All right, everybody have an amazing day. Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.